like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. Between the winter of 91, November of 91, and July of 92, we played in Cincinnati three times. And, and then it dropped off a little bit. But we, uh, we beg your forgiveness and we thank you for inviting us back to you. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, a definitive live Pearl Jam podcast. And if you're listening in for the first time, welcome. And if you've listened before, welcome. We are a podcast that primarily talks about Pearl Jam's live shows. So we'll kind of, we'll go in throughout the catalog. We'll go back to the 90s. We've been doing that a lot lately. And today we're going to go back to... Not too long ago, the Lightning Bolt Tour. That's something we really haven't done in a while. We've been doing all these 90s shows, 95 and 94, 93, all all these different shows. We like to go back through the whole entire catalog and tell the stories, tell the history of the band. And one day in the future, we will have over a thousand episodes and say we have a complete collection of every show and every story that you can tell out of Pearl Jam. We will attempt to do that someday, but today is only the 146th time that we'll be doing that. So, Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there, welcome, hello, hello. hi. Uh, before we get into our guest, uh, I don't think I had anything to mention to you this week, did I? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just we've been we've been doing all these '90s shows. Yeah, right. So it was actually kind of nice to go back to, like we said, Back to the Future. And kind of do something a little more current and get a little more diversity in the set list. Get some different songs in here. It was, it was interesting. It, you know, it had been a long time. You know, I, I, here's the thing I, ha- I haven't been doing. I haven't been listening to a lot of Pearl Jam outside of my regular listening for the podcast. So listening to some of these songs from Lightning Bolt, like a Sirens or a, uh, you know, a yeah. Lightning Bolt or Mind Your Manners. I don't think I'd listen to these in over a month or two. So yeah, good, good getting different stuff in and kind of mixing it up a little bit. And we should probably yeah, this, do that more often. Yeah. And this is kind of a good show. Cause it's like the first show of the tour. So they're kind of like getting their feet, getting their feet wet a little bit, getting their legs under them. So yeah, a little, 
some songs played on here that are there's some like like some some crowd favorites some fan favorites just sounded really good absolutely and the show that we're doing today cincinnati 2014 and of course this is a patreon requested episode that's why we are welcoming our patron here david ritter who is also a mets fan have to mention that because that's brownie points there's two two against one today talk talk to me in october we'll see how it plays out Sorry, John. That's, that's a good call. Uh, but David, welcome to the show. This is your first time. Uh, I, I think, I think you were yeah. on some like the Neil Young stuff that we did. But this is your first time being a spotlight on the show. First time solo with you guys, and I appreciate it. It's an honor to be with you all. I thank you very much. I was on the uh, one of the last trivia shows that you all did. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. It's yeah, pretty good, Randy. You you got me into that one, and I did better than I thought. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, it's after that one, it was kind of tough. I, I, I thought I ran out of questions and it was it was kind of tough to, to think, OK, well, how am I going to top and, and make it better than the last time? And, you know, Kieran, who, who won the two things, he, he never got a question wrong. So I'm like, OK, maybe, maybe, maybe there is no way to make this tougher. So I had a lot of fun that night. Hey, we'll do, we'll do more stuff like that. There, the, the, the Matt Jack Dave stuff that we mentioned last week. I think that has some legs to it and it's not necessarily trivia, but it's more, you know, debate and stuff like that. I think maybe we could do that pretty soon. John, do you want to do that? I know we haven't really talked about that. Yeah. I'm sure we could work something out. Yeah. If you're a regular listener, stay tuned for more information on that. Yeah. We'll we'll work out some details and figure something out. Sure. That should be exciting. But Look, this is all about you here and all about your stories and experiences. That's why we love having the the patrons on to just basically tell everything. So from what I understand, you're, you know, you went to Lexington in 2003 and that was your first show. And then you waited 11 years before this one. What was all that time leading up and anticipating and realizing, okay, like this is, this is the time I'm going to take advantage of seeing them. What, What was all that time period in between like? A lot of raising kids. We have we have three now adult children, but they were um, the kids were into a lot from you know music to sports to school, and it just the times were just not right. Um, they did uh, the band did play in Cincinnati a couple times during that span. It just didn't happen. Um, but one night I was checking the tour and um, I just thought, what the hell? I'll see if I can get tickets and um, got GA for the Cincinnati October 1st show in 2014. Um, we had planned on a trip to Chicago the next day. So it was all like in route to go, you know, from Cincinnati to Chicago and spend a fantastic weekend. That was the opening night of a great weekend, not only a great tour as well, but um, it was just um, kids take up a lot of time. And um, I'm about to find that out. <laughs> gonna find out soon, but, um, but it's all worth it. And so, it was worth the wait to see them the night that I saw them with my daughter, Sarah, who at the time was 16. And it was, that was her first show. What was her connection to Pearl Jam before that? Uh, there wasn't, it was okay. uh, my, a friend of mine um, could not go that night. And I texted her when she was at school and I said, you're my date to the show tonight. She's like, okay, dad, <laughs> um, we got there and she immediately loved the vibe of everybody around us, um, meeting new people from from Lexington, from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, from Indianapolis and, and 
the core that core group stayed together all night and we still talked with each other um one of one of the members of the group that we were um together with passed away um unfortunately but we still talked to his sister um and the other guys from indianapolis um when they're sober we talk, we talk with them now and then <laughs> but um sarah just enjoyed um being with me we're, we're practically best friends anyway um but being with me and being at the show and her love for Pearl Jam came out um, in the second song. Wow. It only took two songs, huh? Yeah. You know, for a jaded, you know, 16 year old, I'm sure she's probably listening to like Taylor Swift and all that stuff like that. That, that That's pretty good. You did pretty good. Thank you. Her first show was Taylor Swift. And um, yeah. I think she's seen her like two or three times and <laughs> known as brothers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, Hannah Montana for Christ's sake, <laughs> <laughs> but but her for, but I always feel like Pearl Jam is her first real 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 show. All right, well we have a whole set list. They played thirty three songs this night, including nineteen in the main set. So we might as well just dive right into it. And like you said, the second song in usually the first song in on these shows is Pendulum, and that's exactly what we get. And Pendulum is going to go into, look, this this three-song slow burn that they started with. They kind of eased it in in 2013, did it a little bit more. 2014, they can, did a continuation of it. And here we get Pendulum, Nothing Man of the Girl. It seems like the story here is with Nothing Man, and I'm just going to cut right to that. Okay, so the first, the first few notes of Nothing Man were just bone chilling to me. Um, I lost it. Um, I'm standing there with Sarah watching my favorite band that I hadn't seen for 11 years, playing one of my favorite songs off of my favorite Pearl Jam album. And it was just, it's just, I can't even describe without losing it again, what it, what it felt to me. And Sarah looking over at me and she understood what it what it meant and um it it was just it was just one of the greatest musical times in my life and i got to spend it with sarah Reed. the future's
you know what? That's that's what it's all about, though. It's it's about it, it, it's about sharing those moments it's, it, and bringing it down to your children. Because you said 16 years for you know your favorite band for her to not have that connection in 16 years. That's a long time. So it's kind of it all culminated and and you know believe what you want to believe, but kind of the thing, the idea of things happen the way the way that they're supposed to. That seems like a moment that was built for that and it, and it was built for that it was the perfect song for that time when you know i didn't know if hey i knew i was going to go to the show i didn't know if i was going to go by myself or not but i would get to spend it i was glad i i love my best friend but he didn't he couldn't go so i was glad who i spent it with was sarah and um she just she just got the whole she got the whole thing man she just she just she ate every part of it up and she understood why i was crying during Nothing Man. That song still fucking gets me. I love when, when you get a Nothing Man early on a set like this. It it really elevates that early like kind of slow burn set to something really special. And yeah, the, this is a really good one. I mean, we Pendulum, I mean, Cameron at the end of Pendulum sounds awesome. One of doing some really good stuff. The, the crowd on Nothing Man, you know, of which you were a part of, that's the, that's the first kind of moment where you kind of feel the crowd like, okay, this is going to be cool. Like everybody's singing along. And then, uh, you know, Mike and of the girl, that, that's just, you know, it's a great early chance for him to kind of take the spotlight and, and kind of get, get warmed up. So, uh, yeah, this first three is great. Yeah, the, I love the way they mix it up here. You get, you know, kind of the, the early lightning bolt, you know, kind of the usual pendulum and then kind of two lesser known songs. So, I, yeah, I like what they did there. And lightning bolt has actually turned into Sarah's favorite song. Wow. Oh, wow. She loves nice. the album anyway, but that's like her go-to song. That's her. That's her pump up. You know, she's 23 now, and she's like, I still go to that song. I still go to that album. It's top to bottom the best album in in her repertoire that she likes. And um, but Lightning Bolt is her song. Great stuff. I, I want to add in one little thing into this uh, little three-song section here, and that's with Of The Girl. I really, really dug this performance. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I just kind of noticed, just that, that like little Hendrix flash that Mike's hat has to him. And, and I'm like, you know, some of these things he's, he's kind of added in here. If you added that in to even flow and maybe sped that up a little bit, how much different would it be? Oh, man, I'd never even thought about that. It, it sounded really pretty close to kind of like the, like I said, the Hendrix kind of bluesy style. And usually he's a little bit more, I wouldn't say laid back, but uh, just, I guess, kind of open with it. He kind of lets the solo breathe a little bit, but this had some juice on it. This was real good.
So all great stuff there. Fantastic. Uh, you're kind of, you're building into the big moments. You're building into the, the faster songs in the set, the minor manners and lightning bolt, which we're going to get right here. Uh, like a two punch combo to kind of get you in. And, and then you're going to get to the crowd favorites coming right after. Uh, but Ed addresses the crowd and this is kind of cool because he mentions who knew he had so many friends in Cincinnati. There's a long guest list here and they're not mooching, but they brought a lot of, a lot of nice gifts and wine. So it's good to be back. It's been too long. It was, uh, I think 2006 was the last time they were in Cincinnati. So that's, uh, that's eight years. The last time that they were in Cincinnati, that Rolling Stone article had just come out where they put, they told the band that they were not going to put Eddie solely on the, on the cover. Oh, that's when he, he wiped his ass with, he wiped uh, his ass with it. Yeah. He was so pissed that that was, that was, that was the Cincinnati show. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my best friend went to that one that was supposed to go with me that, that this night. Wow. Cool. Little tie in. Cool. Little connection there. Wow. There you go. Ed's feeling pretty good on this. And, and he mentions, uh, between November of 1991 and July of 1992, they played there three times. That's, that's a good amount of, that's a good amount of shows for, for Cincinnati. And we're going to get into one of the venues in a little while. And we're going to kind of get into an extended conversation about that place. Uh, but unfortunately it would drop off a little bit. I think they played there three times since that July 92 show, but he says, we beg for your forgiveness. Thanks for inviting us. And that's when you drop into, into the big time stuff, corduroy, spin a black circle, uh, like Vitalogy songs, lots of Vitalogy songs very early on here. Every, every album gets their due, but this feels like the time not, not to take any way for anything away from minor matters and lightning bolt. Like you said, lightning bolts, your daughter's favorite song. But it feels like when Corduroy kicked in, that's like when, okay, all gears are going here. Right. That's when it kicked in. From these, I, I, I think the interesting point is, is Spin the Black Circle and Got Some Back to Back. The, you can see on, on the, the written set list that there's a little arrow and it says downtuned. And Spin a Black Circle is not how it sounds like on the album. They no. do this a little bit live sometimes. It's going to sound like it's it's down tune a little bit and maybe fitting Ed's voice. Maybe it's the it's the first uh, show of the tour. And, and if they want to play the song, uh, he's got to get his voice kind of warmed up to it a little bit. So maybe it's that. But it's not the classic version of Spin a Black Circle that you know. No, not at all. Um but it still worked great. Mike, Mike was running around the stage like crazy man. That He's doing <laughs> the circles, doing the circles. Yeah, good, good, yeah. good. And I remember I was like, you know, pointing to Sarah. I was like, you know, jabbing her in the ribs. I'm like, look at Mike. She's like, what's he doing? And I'm like, just having a ball. He he does the 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 needle on the record like spins around and around like the stage is record. Yeah, that's always really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything. I think you know, corduroy again. That's that's you know you, you, you that's a great way to segue you know you get your your slow burn you get your your two back to back you know the the two hits off of the new album and then then you go right into core right that's that's perfect setless construction right there and hey i don't know if you guys noticed but there's a little joke in between spin the black circle and got some for goes out to all the fine people at wkrp in cincinnati yeah, <laughs> yeah. very cool which i went and i researched it's an actual station in Cincinnati. It's a, it's a CBS affiliate. It is. Yes. One of the, one of the things 
I could have brought up with Corduroy. Corduroy is usually like a six, seven minute version. They can kind of ramp up, but they weren't doing that call and response at the time. So that you get like a straight up five minute version out of this, a six minute version of Even Flow. These these songs are really tight, which the next ones after Even Flow are going to be more extended. So they're doing a good job with trying to figure out how much time they have for what. And they packed in a lot of songs, like we said earlier in the show. Like, in, oh, yeah. in, so they kept they kept true to what they you know how they put it out. Um, the corduroy version is amazing. Um, it, it's it's I, I still like the extended stuff that they're doing. They they have been doing lately, but that's a great version. That was that was one of in in the circle of people that we were talking to before this before the show. Everybody wanted to hear corduroy. Yeah. For sure. That and that's that's my cry song. But I think we gotta talk about even flow for a minute because this is one that we you know, we kinda oh Mike does this thing and it's amazing. But you know, if you guys saw there was there was an interview with Mike last week and he just talked about this where he you know, he said he wished he could go back and like re record the even flow solo. He, yeah, I did hear and that. he's he's he says he's always pushing himself to do better on it. He's constantly like reinventing it. I think uh, even flow and it, the, the the point of the appreciation is to kind of appreciate some lesser known songs but we almost never give even flow and mike you know it's due we, so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that as like a low-key appreciation for this one like just the fact that like he's he's always pushing you know they they've been going for 30 years the man could easily phone this song in he's good enough that he he could just do the album solo every time and people would love it and it would be great but no he's always pushing himself he's always reinventing it every tour there's there's a different wrinkle on it there's something going on there's i think it's and it, you know people call it the bathroom break song whatever done with that i don't have i don't have any room for that anymore listening to all these versions of the song like i'm consistently blown away by by mccready on this so i just wanted to take a minute and give him some love and give give that a moment because this one's really great and it's they're they're all different and i i think like you know it, it's just it deserves a little more than just like oh yeah mike does his thing he evolves so much like each show with the solos from from what he does from from even flow to even flow to even flow i think i mean the evolution that he's gone through is just right up there it's it's and there's no end to it yeah yeah i i, I mean you're there's a reason why it's been played over 800 times like it's the song that and and it doesn't matter if people are going to the bathroom are sick of it and have seen it 100 200 times what however many times this is the song that makes them feel good that makes them feel like they deserve to be on stage i've 100 always agreed with that and that's why after every single version you get ed saying that's mike mccready over there that's matt cameron over there and that's the appreciation, the love that they have for that song. And hearing Mike say that he wants to get better on it just leads me kind of astounded. Like, kind of like you said, like, how? How does he get better on that? The way that it, it is, is freaking incredible. But whenever we do get to see better, that's going to be fantastic. I would love to see how that would play out. Oh, you know so, he's got some wrinkle waiting for these next tours. Oh, uh, yeah. He's going to break out something different. I yeah, he's a and craftsman though, you know. I mean, he's just—that's his tune. That's his song. That's that's his. That is, that's where he is, and it's it's just so great to hear it every time I see them.
it's always going to be a part of this show. It's always going to be part of the set list. So it's always appreciated here. Just about every song is always appreciated. So if we're not appreciating a song, tell us and we will appreciate it more. God damn it. So uh, Ed in the middle here, this is a pretty good story that he tells. At about 12.06 in the afternoon, he was writing the set list up and said, down the street, it sounded like Cincinnati was going under siege, like there were bombs going off or something. And I realized, since I was writing the set list, maybe at the time, it it was just a request. So whoever went through all that trouble, this one's for you, it being sirens with everything going off in the background. Cool little tee up for that. And, uh, yeah, you get another Lightning Bolt song here that's that's fantastic. You get that extended outro at the end, and, like, long call and response, too. Like I was saying, kind of even flow being tighter and corduroy being tighter, they let Sirens and the song afterwards, which I'm very excited to talk about, uh, they let them breathe a lot. They let them go a little bit more. Eddie also played 12-string before he um, gave it off to Mike. Um, that does ha- yeah, that does happen sometimes. Yeah, that was very cool. I remember like just being fired up just to see that. And the song was great. It was like just hitting, you know, with me at the time, and um, Sarah loved it. That was a pretty incredible rendition of that song. Yeah, the the reprise at the end, like you mentioned, the call and responses is fantastic. It's one of one of the best ones I've heard in a long time. Yeah, really, really good. goes on for just about two minutes which is is really cool i don't think i've i've seen a version like that before so definitely unique however here we are this is the moment for me and anybody that tuned in and i know a lot of you guys did to my wish list episode that was uh, on pearl jam radio uh probably about a month ago this was one of the songs that i picked and there's just i have I haven't really shared my personal experience with this show because I have one. And that's that when I was doing like three hour trips from Connecticut to New York, I would need something for a car ride and getting just stuck in traffic and everything like that. So at the time I didn't like putting my bootlegs on my phone. I didn't really have anything else that I didn't have Pearl Jam radio at the time or anything. So I would go on YouTube and I would stream like just I would just search for Pearl Jam live full show and I would stream whatever came up I wouldn't look at a set list and one of the shows that I looked at Cincinnati 2014 okay let's do it it's a recent show you get kind of the cycle of everything now when it kicks in the love boat captain this is one of the stories I didn't get to tell that I sort of cut my story out from my wishlist episode uh, to cut for time 
when Love Boat Captain kind of comes in, they, they start doing this jam. They start kind of getting into it, and they start grooving a little bit. You're, you're feeling it, and you're driving, and you're, all right, this is sounding pretty good. This is sounding good. I'm, I'm into this. And I was, I was feeling oblivious. Obviously, now I can look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know exactly what they're doing. But then I'm just, I'm just feeling it. I've never listened to this show before. I hadn't digged into a lot of boots, so I, I think maybe this was the first time they had done this version. I can't remember if they did it back in Europe or not uh, uh, earlier that year, but I'm just feeling this, and I'm feeling it. And then, then that arpeggiated uh, part comes in, that little that little transition comes in, and I just have this incredible oh my god moment. song being very well connected to my Pearl Jam fandom with uh, Live at the Garden DVD being very important to me like this version holds a really really special place in my heart like I absolutely love it for for everything for it just being a different take on it for the extended outro jam getting into Jumping Jack Flash everything on it it's an epic eight and a half minute saga unlike any other version of Love Boat Captain you've heard. It's my favorite version of Love Boat Captain as well. Some say from the tour a couple nights later, a few nights later that Philadelphia is better than this bullshit. This is the this is the definite version of Love Boat Captain with the jumping jack flash. With the stones tip. You know, it's just this is this is it to me. I it, it was one of those that just I got chills when I heard it. And just like building up did did you did you know it was coming did you feel that coming or when they did that i didn't i didn't feel it i mean it was just such a great transition but you know as a young stones fan too to hear to hear that but to hear how perfectly they went together that was that was amazing i mean just throw my hands up it was so great the jam in the beginning sound it was very classic rock inspired it kind of had that like 60s kind of like very classic rock progression and riff to it it, it sounded perfect for that but um not the stones thing but did the the actual love boat captain song did you see that coming did you know when they were jamming like okay you hear boom in the background there's kind of a 
it kind of sounds like this could be the bridge of this. Did you, did that connect with you live? After a little bit, but you know, it, it, I mean, I thought they were going to fully do Jumpin' Jack Flash, but then then you could hear Boom come in, right? And then, then it just like it hit the it it hit that that second, and then it goes. It's like. Yeah, th- this is this is one of the. I mean, I, you guys have, have said it. This is one of the coolest moments of the 2010s. I think, like of the last 10 years, that they what they did with the song, and I believe this is the the first time they did this. I think so. Um, and you know, to to come out with like you know a new tour, and to come out with something like this, it's just like just like them to keep something like that in their back pocket. Like, yeah, let's we're 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 gonna blow some minds with with this one, and, and to to have it right here, yeah. The, you mentioned like kind of loosening up the the show at this point, and it's oh, it's just fantastic. Like this is one of like I'm I'm with David. Like you know this is one of the top two or three Lobo captains of all time. I I mean this is number I, I don't I don't know if Live at the Garden is even number one for me anymore. I think this is number one in my book. This version and I do like the Wonder Philly, but it reminds me of the um, the 2000 tour when they would do. Um, Lucan and a Not For You. I mean, every time that they would do those two back-to-back, it's it, from the bootlegs. I didn't get to see them, of course, but those were charged-up moments, too. Those were key moments in that in those shows um, for me because it was just like you just get that drum beat, and it was just... <laughs> Same thing with the Jumpin' Jack Flash Love Boat Captain. Right, right, yeah. It's perfect, perfect transition, perfect way to work it in together, and obviously... They knew that they had something connected with the stones for later in the set, so throwing in a little bit of the crossfire hurricane, yeah, like that's that was a really cool tip of the cap. come out and say this is the best version of love boat captain put a pin on it <laughs> i second that can't argue the back-to-back love boat captain in the present tense is just that's that's hitting me in a really good spot i i love present tense here too uh and if i look you you were th- like getting those back-to-back for me i would have i would have lost it but i'm i'm sure present tense in that arena and and one of the things that i noticed when we were doing the evolution series episode on this i noticed that ed was usually giving the crowd a chance to sing the first chorus this one he lets them go on the second which is usually the one that ed wants to elevate and kind of make a a highlight of, of the night for him he lets the crowd take the second one i thought that that was a really cool moment that was very cool another one of those you know, hair stands on your arm moments. Absolutely, yeah. This this little section here is probably the best part of the show. And there's a little bit of guitar thing in present tense too. There's it's kind of in the background, but it's a little guitar thing like like a little harmony lead thing, like a little guitar lead in the during the verse right before the build. I thought that was a really good addition. 
but yeah, the, the crowd is the story. Like, absolutely. Just like Nothing Man. Just a really, really great crowd moment. And coming off of Love Boat Captain, I think they were, they were, they were pumped up for this little section here. It sounds really, really good. Absolutely. The outro on the end, Mike has that kind of like melodic solo that he occasionally busts out on it. Love when he does that. Good version following up on a legendary version of, of Love Boat Captain. You know, when you think of this show, think of those two together and sirens for, for that instance as well. And uh, Daughter follows up on that and we get a t- tag off Daughter of a song that we've never gotten a tag off before and haven't gotten a tag off since. And, and it made a lot of sense. This is going to come back later in the show. Guided by Voices, a song called Keep It In Motion. And uh, I'm not too familiar with it, but we'll talk about the tie-in a little bit later. But John, talk about the band Guided by Voices if people d- aren't familiar with them. Yeah, Guided by Voices are one of like the iconic like indie rock bands of the 90s and 2000s. They were from Dayton, so obviously a little bit of a connection there. And there, the story is that you know, the main songwriter's name is Robert Pollard. I think the story is he was uh, he had some blue collar job, like he was a mechanic or something, and he was writing these songs in his spare time, and he would just kind of go play out, and people noticed and were like, these songs are kind of amazing. And they kind of put together a band. Oh, Tobin Sprout was in his band. You know, he went on to kind of have a solo career, kind of in the indie rock world. But they were had a couple of like great albums. If you want to go like B Thousand, I think it's '94. Alien Lanes, uh, some really good stuff in the mid '90s. They they were known for like like these like two two and a half minute songs, like kind of like just that Ohio rock and roll like sound that they had. And just and he's one of the most prolific like songwriters. The guy's written probably. God, 600, 700 songs. He puts out like three albums every year. Amazingly prolific. And yeah, just a, a really cool kind of underground thing that, you know, not a lot of people know about. But yeah, some some really, really good songwriting and really, really great songs. It's, it was really cool of them to give uh, to give them a nod at the show. Yup. No, you got to keep an emotion tag, which I'm sure... There are a couple people in the crowd that are picking up on it a little bit, but then, of course, you get another brick in the wall. That's the one that people seem to be waiting for, that, or WMA, or it's okay. And uh, Ed changing some lyrics to Preacher, leave those kids alone. Solid. Always looking at the ends of the daughter tag. The the actual version of daughter sounded good, too. This here is pretty important, and important for a couple of reasons, and uh, that that's, that's a little bit more personal for us in the show. And we'll get into that in a second. But here's a great story that he told. Said, in 1992, they played a place called Bogart's. He happened to be smoking a joint in the alley. This guy asked me for some, and I gave him some. And he fucking bogarted my joint at Bogart's. He's going somewhere with this. This is, has a great little connection here. So he, he kind of mentioned, it sounds like he's about to trail off, but he kind of mentions that, hey, we all had roommates at, at that time, and Stone uh, Stone and Mike shared a room together, and Ed, Ed was sharing a room with Jeff, and then he made, he made a comment about Dave. Uh, that, was, that, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah, no, no, one, no, one, no one wanted a room with Dave. <laughs> no. And he's like, he said something that's like, oh, I think he's doing okay. 
but he he was said something about like Stones kind of having this superstitious thing where he didn't you know after the band was able to afford their own room Stone didn't want them breaking it up because he thought hey we have a good thing going and and you know maybe that's part of it and uh and you know one of the things I don't know why he told that part but I think it's part of just the story and the connection of the time that when they were on the road, they used to do things together. And, you know, I I guess at this point in 2014, when they're on the road, they kind of go to their hotel rooms, they do their separate things. They kind of have their day meet up on the stage and, and uh, then get the show together. So it's, I guess it's a little bit of a different atmosphere, but they went and they, uh, 1992, what else are you going to do? You're going to go out to the movies. You're going to go see Wayne's world because it's, probably the most popular movie of that point in 92. So in that moment, we flash back to, to now, 2014, a guy stops him on the street and he says, hey, do you remember me? I met you that night at Wayne's World, remember? In the lobby. And I was like, yeah, he did. Who would know that? He did. And he said, I, I didn't get a picture with you then and you said that I, you would do it next time. So can we take a picture? And I said, Fuck off, dude. <laughs> and I apologize for that, because what happened in that moment was I mistook him for the guy that stole my joint at Bogart's. <laughs> sorry, it wasn't you. Great, and one of the legendary stories. I was laughing my ass off. That was a great story. I've been to Bogart's so many times, and... Um, that was a that's that didn't get to see them but um the last time i was there i think i saw the replacements oh wow in the google dolls nice cool yeah well that's actually a really good tie-in here and a really good segue to say that we have something kind of special coming up uh pretty soon it could either be tomorrow it could be friday uh but this is coming out so we did some we did some inspection. We did the live on four legs detective crew got got to thinking on this like, hey, where is the Bogart show? Do we have it? And John, what did we come up with here? What what all happened in this in this situation that we Yeah, did? so so listening to this, I was like, Oh, you know, we've been we've been doing this kind of early, you know, nineteen ninety one series on Patreon for people. And, uh, yeah, I think it would, be, it would be cool to, to kind of cover that show. Cause that's a cool story. I wonder, you know, I wonder if you mentioned anything about it. So I went to go see, you know, you know, oh, there's no bootleg for it. You know, oh, that's, you know, that kind of sucks. Like I was kind of hoping to, hoping to hear it, but then I go and look and I'm like, well, you know, but the set list is out there. So that's weird. Like we have a set list, but we don't have a bootleg. That's unusual. So then we kind of like look around and we come to find out that there was a video of the show on YouTube, but it had been deleted, but there was still like someone had uploaded a video of, of like a Dave cam playing wash at the show. And then there's a clip like from the sound check when they're doing alone. It's very strange. So yeah, you, you can pick up the story because this, this is where you come in. Okay. So yeah, during this time, obviously, you know, when we have, when we have a scoop and we want the gritty details, we get in touch with our friend Dave Jantosh with uh, live footsteps. Cause he, he's in on this. He, he knows the set list. And I asked him like, Hey, five horizons never had this set list. So that means it came out after 2005. What's the source on this? And he said, I have this video. Didn't have the link. Like you said, however, 
Dave is a mastermind and God, I love him for this. And he's, he, we have a lot of other shows that we can do this with. When he found it on YouTube, he said it was around this time last year. So early quarantine, he went and he ripped the show off, uh, off on YouTube, clipped it off and saved it. And now we have the Bogart show. We're going to be bringing it to you on Patreon this week. Unreal. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. That is so I, I wish you guys could see David's face because it's I hope fantastic. He, I, hope he, I hope he mentions Wayne's World in the show. <laughs> That'd be funny. How uh, or the or the guy that bogarted his choice. Right. Right. <laughs> guys, but that is all, all thanks to Dave on that. That that was that was some clutch timing on that. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. So if you if you see like a 92, a 91, 93 show out there and maybe it doesn't have like a bootleg circulating on the pearljambootleg.org website or or wherever else, stop for a second, think about it. Clip it off. If you have audacity, you can or record let us it from your we'll computer. Do we'll do it. Yeah, right. We'll do the hard work. Absolutely. And uh, we need to preserve this stuff because you never know what's going to happen to it. And thankfully, this was saved. And uh, we're going to get it into your ears very, very soon. We're very excited for that. Back to the set list. Uh, State of Love and Trust is happening right before Waiting on a Friend. Uh, I just make mention to that. Uh, I don't think there's anything in particular about that version that needs to be spotted out. But afterwards, uh, Ed kind of gets into this and says, look, we were sitting on a porch in Ohio. I was playing the song. Stone started playing the song and it seemed like a sign. And he said it was it was written by a personal friend of, of Mike uh, named Keith Richards. Well, they aren't that tight because Keith. Keith did pull a knife on him at one point backstage. Uh, he says he says in NYC, which I'm going to assume is the New Year's Eve show from 1992, because that you know that puts everything together. Uh, but he, when he was changing his pants before the show, and so in order to do that, he took a huge Bowie knife, it kind of as thick and half as long as his leg, and he, and he put it on the table changed his pants, put the new pants on, and then was putting the knife back in, and, and, and we looked at it, we're like, what the fuck is that? And he looked at me and Mike, and he was like, oh, he goes, there's crazy people out there. He's like, yeah, there's crazy people in here, too. <laughs> like I said, the storytelling in the show is phenomenal. Ed, you know, Ed does a perfect job with this one and perfect going into waiting on a friend. Uh, the fourth time that they had ever uh, done this, I think they did it in Oslo earlier uh, on the European leg that year. And uh, I love in the, the beginning, Ed, Ed doesn't do it, but uh, he kind of hears the crowd doing the woo. Like that little part, and and he's like, yeah, you guys know it, you guys. I thought that was really, really cool, and just a great version of a song that they just kind of a cover that gets forgotten about a little bit. It's a great, a great song. They did a great job. My daughter Sarah and I still look at each other and go, "There's crazy people in here." I'm just trying to make 
Yeah, this is that's kind of like '80s Rolling Stones, right? That's not even yeah. like '60s or '70s. I remember that that video on VH1 with like you know Mick and his like kind of purple shirt and white pants phase. That was a tattoo you. That was the summer of 1981. Yeah, yeah. That was my senior year in high school. Oh wow. <laughs> so yeah, great version. Rolling Stones has perfect tie into the show and uh, great stories as well tell, telling the story about Keith Richards there so that brings us in there's you know there's more stories I can't believe there's more stories but Jeremy and Comatose come before a story uh, my, my thing on Jeremy and I know you got something on Jeremy David is I don't know if you guys noticed Stone strumming on it towards the end but it kind of had this like little high pitched like kind of I don't know if it's a twang I don't know what you call it but I thought it sounded exactly like kind of the strumming that he did on No Jeremy. And then it led me to think, like, has is this how he usually does it? Is this the usual sound for it? I don't think it is, but I, I, it, I just made the connection. I made that connection with this, which was interesting. I don't know if anybody else caught that. I didn't pick up on that at all, but I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it now. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't, didn't hear it, but yeah, like that, that. that's interesting. That kind of plucking? The, the thing that I picked up most about Jeremy was was Jeff, and he he was it was more like Jeff playing lead on his twelve string bass, and um, I was just amazed. He's he's such a great musician anyway, and for the only other person I've ever seen, of course, is Tom Peterson of, of Cheap Trick that's played a twelve string bass that I know, of. and um, and I think Tom gave uh, Jeff his first twelve string. Wow. I believe so, yeah. Um, but but perfect for that song. At that time, I was kind of clueless that the 12 string was part of Jeremy. So I was really, really, really happy to see that and, and the outro, the whole thing. It was pretty special. It was pretty cool. The thing that, I mean, I, I have something completely different, so that gives you an idea of the depth of this song. Um, the harmonies, I think it's Cameron probably doing some vocal harmonies on this sounded really really good and something i'm not used to hearing so yeah kudos kudos all around on this one a little kudos to comatose too and that's not one that you know on another night i think we can do an appreciation for it but uh it felt like a pretty solid version usually sometimes there's a moment where ed kind of loses himself forgets forgets the lyrics or or it just kind of gets too fast but i i I thought this this was in control i thought that this was actually a pretty good version like it's it's a two-minute song it's never going to be the most memorable performance at a show but it gets you from point a to point b and it it worked really well i thought i thought it was i thought it was pretty good here and addresses the fuckers right after comatose and calls it a, a term of affection because fucking is good right of course uh so checking on how you fuckers are doing as great as this summer was there's crazy shit going on and it's good to be around positive energy and then he goes into like we were talking about before uh deaton ohio's own guided by voices and he says oh three word bands like mother love bone or the pink floyd well, nice try, but <laughs> you could have won Alice in Chains or literally anything else. Uh, and he said it was uh, the next song that they're about to play, which is setting forth, was a request from Matt from a while back. And it was written from for, for Into the Wild. Everybody knows that. But there were short scenes in the movie that he had to write shorter songs to. And 
he utilized the guided by voices the way that they wrote songs as his inspiration for for writing for that soundtrack I, i've heard this story before it's a, it's a great story and and uh cool that you can c- kind of make the connection here and that you can get setting forth way at the end of the set list going into porch I, I don't think i've ever seen that before but uh cool cool little cool little uh shout out there yeah that was great it was good it was i i, I agree i thought the show at, at that point was going to take a little bit different direction and not go from porch into the encore i thought it was going to be a couple more songs and then go to porch but it was, you're wrong still 19 songs though were you holding your hands over the 16 year old's ears during the, the the fuckers part he was actually in the bathroom Oh, perfect. I, rem- yeah. I remember that because somebody, a woman looked at me and went, kind of shrugged her shoulders like, nope, nothing's wrong with it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sarah was in the bathroom at that point. Right on. man porch is great i really love this version um the way that mike and stone are working together on it in the breakdown like they kind of go into a different progression of the song it kind of gets riffy a little bit and it, it sounds very specific and david and i talked about this but it wasn't what we thought it was we're gonna get to that later but this just this part section meshes so well together Love the breakdown. Ed singing at the barricade to close the main set. This a very, very good porch here. Very good. I got to go, I li- once again, listen to it again today, too, because for homework. And um, <laughs> <laughs> notice that um, as um, as Randy and I talked about, Jeff's bass line sounded like something that we're going to talk about later on. But um, yeah, it'll be a tease. But um, fantastic. Yeah, that you mentioned like that, it gets like the riffy, and that's exactly what I had. I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, this has to be, this has to be something. That, but yeah, it's it's it takes a very very different turn. anybody can hear it and uh and recognize it let us know live on four legs podcast at gmail.com we would definitely love to know that shit so we can get it to dave at live footsteps and he can maybe mark a, it uh, maybe it got it by voices thing right to get uh possibly get, get those get those people in here go through the discog on that absolutely all 700 songs <laughs> 
Uh, all right, we're at the encore here, which means it's time to pause for station identification and talk to you. We mentioned Patreon earlier in the show and what we're doing this week, and we think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, we've done things like we've revealed set lists, uh, the the Glasgow set list we did a couple of years ago. We revealed that on the show, and that was pretty cool. We don't get to do things like this very often. I'm sure there are people out there that have this on boot that ripped it just like like we did, but there have to be people that probably don't have this anywhere. This is not on like a pearljambootlegs.org. I don't know if it's on, uh, there's there's a site called Pearl Jam FM. I have to get in t- touch with them and tell them about it. Uh, but yeah, like that's gonna be a really, really cool feature. If you're into that, we're gonna... Actually, for the patrons, we're going to make the whole entire bootleg available to download this week on our Patreon. Yeah, the, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be and like like I said, it's something that, you know, maybe some of the hardcore people have. But if if you're into that kind of stuff or, you know, you you want to like be the kind of the first to to hear something, then, yeah, you want to hear it. Well, you know, for the patrons, that's a great deal where, you know, you can you'll have access you can listen to it then we'll talk about it on on a little patreon exclusive episode so again we talked about it last week where you know that was a great time to jump in we did the two episodes you know on the same day back to back and a lot of, a couple of people did i'm sure we're going to mention them in a second but yeah like that this is another week you know just if you've been if you've been thinking about doing it now's a good time to pull the trigger Absolutely. The bonus leg, $1 tier. I always suggest if you just want to listen to the content, which is all we really want. We just want you guys to listen to to the evolution episodes and the bridge school stuff and the set list drafts. We think it's really good stuff and we put it on there because it's just going to flood the main account and, and take away from the hard work that we did on shows like this. We, we want everybody to listen to David's story. This is kind of our own little division on Patreon. That's why we, we post kind of some extra stuff there. Uh, but yeah, one, $1 will get you in $5. You can pick a show and $10 like David and David is about to do. He is a horizon leg donor. David, you're going to have a profile episode this week. Yeah, I am. <laughs> you seem surprised. <laughs> I thought we discussed this. I thought we knew the point. We did. Point. We, did. <laughs> well, we haven't recorded it yet, so he doesn't know how it's going to go. Exactly. Right, right, right. So if those are things that interest you, Live on Four Legs, search it on Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs. And uh, now let's take a moment to thank a couple people that wanted to listen to the uh, the Piss Bottle Men extra show that we did last week, which is phenomenal. I think you guys should listen to it uh, and listen into the end of the episode, too, because there was something that was kept to the end that is worth the whole entire waiting the the hour 30 to to listen to so make sure you don't cut out when we say goodbye uh let's thank raul sanchez raul joined up and sent us a nice little message and said been uh been listening to you guys for a while and uh keep up the great work thanks thanks raul thanks for for tuning in uh david pickering brand new to the giggle leg so david pickering gets to pick a show for us to cover in the future that's going to be fun can't wait to see what he has to pick for us and uh, also big shout out goes out to william reese he's uh he already a patron and he is now part of the giggle egg patron so thank you to him he's down in australia and uh hey William, if you're listening to this, this is a direct message to you. Check your Facebook messages. There's an important message that I sent you. Uh, 
<laughs> so it, it has to do with Australia stuff. So hopefully you get to see that. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, actually for anybody that's in Australia that wants to help out on a cool project, uh, we want specifically people in Australia and New Zealand that listen to the show to help out, get in touch with us. If you're interested in helping out on something live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. That's all we got for that. Uh, that's great. Thank you yeah. to the new patrons. Yeah. Thank you. For, Thanks Raul and David. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. This is just, this is growing. Like we said, we're waiting to get to 100. That's the goal here. And right now we're at 91. We're in single digits. We only need nine left. It could be you that helps us get to our goal. Then everybody gets to join in on the party and get the excitement of another big party that we did, like the Christmas party. We're going to have another performance where we might showcase something important. Who knows? Uh, but there, there are plans in place. So if you're interested in all that, definitely hit up the Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs. Back to the rock, back into the encore. Ed said he wasn't wearing a watch. We don't care what time it is. As long as there are parents out there that don't mind paying the babysitter overtime, we'd love to keep playing for you. The song is about being lonely by choice. You'd rather be lonely than being with somebody who's a fucking asshole. Uh, that's Into Sleeping By Myself. I don't have too much on Sleeping By Myself. I feel like that's a song that uh, yeah, we said before, we try to appreciate every song, but that's a song we never usually have too much on however it gets a pretty good reaction like when they pause kind of a little bit like mid late song it kind of pauses and builds up the crowd anticipation a little bit i thought that that was actually a pretty cool moment it was it was it was just exactly what you said it was just a cool crowd moment and everything was going and it was a nice little you know, coming out of porch and taking a break at the encore. It was just kind of a nice little segue into what was left to go. Sure. And Sleeping By Myself had only been played six times at the time. Yeah, just a, just a nice version. You know, it kind of, just kind of, it, Pearl Jam doesn't have many songs that are just kind of pleasant. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it hits you kind of a strange way when you listen to these. And you've, you've got, you know, you've got your corduroys and your present tenses and all that. But yeah, it's, it's a little change of pace. I didn't mind it. And this, in this section, we have two of them, which is kind of crazy. Right. But uh, I love this. After sleeping by myself, he gets, uh, he gets all charged and he says, look, we talk about, you know, is climate change real? And we talk about is it practical that automatic weapons should be carried? And we have opinions on all these things. But uh, right here in Cincinnati, there's something that's really important to you guys. And it's important to us. And it has to do with Cooperstown. Of course, Pete Rose and Ed calling out Pete Rose, uh, you know, it being an injustice that he's not into into the Hall of Fame, uh, which I think a couple years later, they he went through a process and he got denied. So I think at this time he was he was trying to play up, uh, you know, possibly get some people on his side to there was an an appeal i think at some point yeah yeah, and i I remember i remember he was there with his lawyer we we actually took the presser live on one of the shows that i was working on uh when i was at espn and uh you can clearly see the the lawyer while he's speaking the lawyer's telling him what to say in his ear it's it's really sad he's like i'm like i'm in control of myself he's like in control and, and like he's whispering these things <laughs> and it was it was just sad i mean like there have been like the reds have had like a pete rose day they can't retire his number but they've had him specifically throw out a first pitch like one time right 
Right. But it's not much. They can't really do much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like that ship has sailed at this point. Like, it's never going to happen. Yeah, you're probably right. I need to mention that he dedicates the song uh, Man of the Hour to Pete Rose and his son, Pete Rose Jr. I know Pete Rose Jr. I actually kind of know him a little bit. Uh, He used to play for the Long Island Ducks, and I used to do some reporting for uh, an internship that I had with a local news place, and and, uh, I was actually working for the Ducks for a little while. So I don't know him too well, but I I got to interview him like once or twice, and he was was a really nice guy. He He was great, so. I'm glad to, Did, he got didn't a he play the majors for like a minute? Yeah, f- literally for like a minute. <laughs> it yeah, was not yeah. much. I think he was with Reds for a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think it was with the Reds as, as a bench player. He was he was mostly like DH first baseman. Like he's a big guy, so he didn't I don't think he had much versatility, but Man of the Hour, great performance of Man of the Hour. And uh, you mentioned Cameron's backup vocals before. Uh, this is where I thought Cameron's backup vocals just stood out. It was fantastic. Um, into Parachute, like back-to-back, these all these four back-to-back are just ones you never hear. Like, you probably, you can go to... 15 shows and not get any of these I, I i should say that because two of these i've i've never gotten before uh but parachutes nice and airy and kind of like the same vibe the sleeping by myself did uh and then you get into all those yesterdays too which is which is really cool it gets a little jammy and and uh fun little section here just kind of four four songs that you almost never hear at pearl jam shows right off the top four very cool songs is right all the way that they're put together all those yesterdays is a great song. It's just, I mean, just nothing more to say about it. It's just, you know, it's it always comes off sound starting like it's going to be something different to me, um, and I can't explain it. It's just the way I interpret it, and then it goes into it. Just goes into the, just a fantastic song. The lyrics are amazing, and um, can't say anything more about that. I mean, it's just a great song. It is the king of the trash. It's only been played twenty-one times. That's criminal. Yeah. Like I, I feel lucky. I got to see it once. Like that, I, that, I saw it that, twice. That's an abomination. That song should have, should be played 100, 200 times at least. Absolutely. Blame blame the yield door and blame. Hey, I don't want to blame Jack, but I, I bet you if Jack was in there for a little bit longer, this gets more play, and some of those other uh, yield songs probably get tossed into the mix more too back then but yeah cool stuff and and look after that they kind of turn around to the back which lead, led me to believe that why this led me to think here why have they never when they turned around to the back before playing elderly woman how have they never said okay let's go behind the counter for a second how come, have they, how come they've never said that isn't Ooh. that isn't that right up it's hmm right i never thought about that <laughs> are, we, are we does this mean we're getting into our dad randy phase or are you like channeling i'm like some, a month i'm like a month or two away there. from yeah, that yeah you're <laughs> you're getting it randy <laughs> I, I it's it's the other stuff that that i gotta figure out i think i got the jokes down you'll be fine <laughs> that's pretty good uh that's that song um the, the guy that the guy that that we met that passed away um he looked at me after they played that and said that was just fucking amazing i was like he goes even if they played to 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 the back of the arena that was still great and i go yeah it was very cool 
you know, when you, you don't know what to look at when when a band or an artist or something does something like that and they, you know, they turn their back on the front, you don't know what to do as when you're sit, when you're standing in the front. Right, except where's your focus? the expressions of the people at the back of, at the, back of the arena. That's a really good point. Absolutely, that's great. Yeah, nowadays they'll even, they even have like a separate drum set and like separate amp setup now. It's like a whole different like back line and everything so yeah it's it's really cool i don't know if they were doing it at this point but yeah it's it's yeah it's a great thing for those people because think about them you know they've been looking at the back all all night so it's cool of them to kind of think of them and and give them a little naughty i always i never never mind when they're you know it's either it's either this or it's last kiss or smile or it's always like kind of a sing-along song so that's cool i'm gonna i'm gonna take credit for this because i think the first time they ever did it with the drum kit in the back I think was the Buffalo 2013 show, which I happened to be in the back for and have lots of great photos of Stone and and all the guys walking around playing Elderly Woman. So I think that they hadn't done that at a tour before that, at least with the drum kit in the back. And they definitely didn't perform behind, and that was the second of the Lightning Bolt tour. I don't think they did one for the back at Pittsburgh the night before. So I think that was that was the debut of that. That's great, Buffalo. 20. That's great to be there. Yeah, it's hey history, I suppose. So cool, great story from elderly woman. Uh, and then we're uh, we're getting a little shout out here to one of the best EB nurses uh, in the in the country that's located in Cincinnati. Her name is is Jerry, and it's dedicated to her and Max and Jason. And uh, we get a nice little section here, very energetic stuff after five songs of you know more like kind of the relaxed pace and kind of a little bit campfirey, but a little bit different here and there. Uh, Given a fly, unthought known evolution, the soaring songs, the chanting songs, the song that you can really get the crowd participating on it felt like they did just that great section what'd you think same i mean they got everybody fired up i enjoyed seeing um mike uh, giving communion to jeff <laughs> cincinnati has well this is about the nurse that he called out um that he shouted out to cincinnati has one of the best children's hospitals in the country and um they're, they're notorious how great that um institution is and so it was so fantastic that he um that he called her name out and i remember we all looked back and we could see her and her head was and uh, that was a very emotional part of that show we've had, really had cool. um uh, as a family we have had to have one of our kids that had to go up there once and it was just a fantastic a fantastic place they made us feel comfortable and so um there you go that's how i felt about that that's, um, great. that's a great time the, the evolution you know you can't go wrong there yeah, I thought it was cool that maybe, you know, this is kind of, you know, we know now that they've become such huge advocates for, for EB research and for finding a cure and everything. It was, it was interesting to hear from, you know, seven years ago that they right. were, uh, th- this might be the first time he even mentioned it on stage, I think. So it's kind of cool that, to see, like, what that turned into and that became something they were, were really passionate about. But, uh, yeah, Give No Fly is great. It's always, like, that, I think that's the best song. The transition out of that kind of slow encore part into the into the more you know rocking part i love that and uh and do the evolution i thought it was interesting you know he's, he tries to get the crowd to do the south american version you know because they they had just come off of those shows the, the previous year so he tried trying to get them to do a little bit of the the buenos aires you know santiago call and response i thought that was interesting 
yeah, I, at this time, absolutely trying it every night, and uh, and hey, good more good moments from the crowd. Again, these are these are ones that that the crowd can kind of participate on instead of you know the random song off Yield, the random song off Avocado, the the song from from the movie soundtrack. Like you know, now you're bringing in kind of the crowd friendly stuff. Elderly woman, give it a fly, unknown evolution, ending the set with Better Man. Uh, before before that, he dedicates this to somebody named Sean and his wife. Uh, mentions that if James Brown wasn't uh, nicknamed the hardest working man in show business, that would be Matt Cameron's nickname. So uh, the the thing the thing that po- popped uh, popped in my mind here for Better Man was just teasing the crowd in that uh, in the extended jam during uh, the tag, saying, "Oh, we got to go home. Time to go home. Now it's time to go home." one i don't know if you noticed this but there's one uh they're, they're doing the uh don't run away don't run away and then he's like all right time to go home <laughs> yeah I, I caught that one thing um i don't know if you all have seen any youtube footage of this but he has um he and his guitar tech have words before better man they go into it they kill it and he smashes his guitar <laughs> and, and, it's like, hey, give give me that cheap one that I right. was gonna smash anyway. Yeah. That's yeah. what he called. He was playing a white Gibson SG, which he had many of them on the tour, because um, he came back out with another one um, at, after the encore. But he smashed the shit out of it, and he's just like over his head, and and like everybody around is like, no, <laughs> and uh, three three smacks it. Actually, I, I have something as an I, you know, it's. It's probably a little. It might be a little more mean than it, but I, I this better man just didn't really grab me. I thought I don't like it when he kind of over dramatizes the the lyrics. Like he really plays it up as over dramatic. I like I like him to just kind of sing it and and kind of be what it is. It's just that kind of turned me off. It felt like he was he was kind of veering into like Bono territory on this. I did, it didn't really didn't really hit me like a lot of them do. What the can't find a better like that that kind yeah, of yeah. It felt like he was really like being over dramatic on the on the verses and lyrics. It kind of turned me off of it a little bit. You know, I, I think that they could take liberties with stuff like that now because it's not you know in '96 when they only have a handful of versions that they're working off of there. You know, they they want to get the the perfect version that kind of sounds like what they did on the studio version. But now there's like 400, 500 versions of Better Man. It's got to be different each night. I, I understand your point, and I also understand the side of Ed that he's just like, ah, fucking, I'll, I'll try something different, you know. And and you're right. It, it, I guess that's an acquired taste. Uh, I personally, I don't really notice, or I, I notice, but I don't even. It doesn't register for me that okay, it's kind of different, or like, is it bad? Is it good? Kind of thing. It it just is. So, but yeah, it's I, weird to hear someone. 
you know, so known for their, you know, their earnestness and their kind of relatability to kind of go into like this Vegas showman mode on it. It was just, just a little bit strange. Not one of my favorite versions. All right. Hey, I, I didn't, I didn't think there was anything, especially for a nine minute version of the song. Like you would think, okay, this is pretty epic, but it was, it was pretty standard. I, I you know, nothing bad about it, but it wasn't like, it wasn't show stopping. It was, it was just good. So, uh, but hey, they do that little thing at the end where they're holding out the cords and they kind of, you know, they tease that sting ending and they kind of finish, wow, wow, and they kind of do it a bunch of times. Like, that's really cool. That kind of tees you into getting into the encore. And, uh, you know, Ed thanks the crowd, says, couldn't, couldn't, uh, it's our first night back. Couldn't have done it without you. Mentioned a lot of friends that were here. We wanted to look real good in front of our friends and you made us look real good. Cincinnati goes into a version of black solo sounding phenomenal. Boom. In the background, really sounding really, really good on this. The We Belong Together and uh, the uh, Time Heals All Wounds tags. Fantastic. What more can you say about Black? It's just a very, it's a very right there, right in the middle of the pack. Good, good to very good version of Black. Black raises tears too, you know. I mean, absolutely. His, his energy through that song and almost any version, um, going back to to 10 you know i mean just it's just he's so into it he's just he, he puts everything he has he leaves it all out there and it's just black is just one of those get you songs yeah i thought it was an interesting choice too because a lot of times coming into this encore too you they'll hit you with like a go or a why go or a comatose yeah. or even like you know like a fast you know cover like a kick out the jams or sonic reducer or something and i thought yeah it was interesting to come out you know right into right into black and the encore but yeah great version you know uh, fantastic especially you got 17 minutes between what ended your first encore and what started your encore too better man was nine minutes black is eight minutes so that's that's a lot of that's a lot of time to spend on two songs that absolutely deserve that time but you know especially for a set list that's 30 33 songs deep and at the time they were at like 28 songs at this time like you know pretty pretty gutsy move to to put those two back to back there uh, like that. I, I'm with you. I, I would have expected a go or, or move evolution down there or something like that. Uh, but this is a really cool moment. I, I really enjoyed this moment from the show. Uh, they dedicated the next one to the who and all the families that had to go on living with the reality of what happened 35 years ago at Cincinnati at the riverfront Coliseum. And, uh, man, it, that's like everybody goes back to that story that was like the first time something like that happened and you know if you know the ross killed story this is this is like this is like the older brother of ross killed i i I hate to put it that way but you know 11 people being trampled to death at a fucking rock show and then the band not being told about it going on stage and doing their thing. And then afterwards, oh yeah, by the way, because people thought th- that you were playing Quadrophenia earlier, everybody everybody gravitated towards the front and crushed the whole entire front front of uh, of the set. I, th- I think they said something like, f- they, they opened up the GA to 14,000 people, which is just unheard of out of the 18,000 uh, capacity that they had. And... I mean, the connection is there, obviously, with Roskilde, and obviously they had a connection with The Who before, but that's, that you know, to to use that 
and kind of as a healing moment and to say, hey, guys, for those of you that are healing out there, you know, we understand we dealt with it, too. There's a lot of things that we needed to learn about this. And uh, the who reached out to them when they needed it. So he dedicates the real me to Pete and Roger, which was the last song that they played that night at uh, in Cincinnati in, in uh, 1979. Let it go. friends of mine that were at that show really yeah but they were fine but they, they they had heard rumors of what was going on and they had to make sure that they called their parents to tell them that everything was okay um wow they were, um, they were also at a at, riverfront was so poorly ran at the time there was a led zeppelin um riot a couple of years before that um that those guys were also at as well and uh, 20 years after the Who tragedy, I was at a fish show there. 20 years to the night. And with one of the guys that was at the Who show. Oh my God. Yeah, it was eerie as shit. Did they bring it up? Did Fish bring it up? Or? No, Fish did not bring it up and they didn't play any Who songs, which was a surprise. But um, <laughs> no, Fish actually killed them. They were really good. But um, uh, anyway, that was the tragic night. I still, I mean, I was, what, how old was I? 15. I still remember it very well. Like I said, the, 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 the two bands just have their connection together and, and the tie-in with the, the, the city and, you know, the, this being a song, like, they, they could have ended with, like, 515 or, or you know, uh, something else that, that Pearl Jam had never played before, but this happened to be one that they play consistently when they play these songs. It's either this, Baba, uh, Kids Are All Right, or, or Love Right or Me, but uh, I thought it was a really great tribute for, for, for all of us. And that's a heavy baseline song as well. And sure. Jeff, Jeff it. He, was, he was just spot on. One of my favorite end whistle moments, absolutely. Yep, very good. Bread and Butter finishes you out live, rocking in the free world, yellow lead better. Uh, I think we have to, we'll just go right into rocking in the free world here. Cause, uh, this was the tease that we, we told you from earlier. So Dave, you had written this, uh, as a review for our website. And you had said that working man, the song by rush was tagged in porch. And I listened to porch and I'm like, man, it's close. And I'm listening to the souls. I'm like, it's really close, but I can't. I can't put I can't put a, a connection to it. And then you went and and said, "Wait, it's actually rocking in the free world. Go to 222 and rocking in the free world." He does the 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 little the little solo part that 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 is a part of Working Man. And and it's you know from the way that it sounded in Rocking in the Free World, it sounded like that's something that Mike consistently does.
like you said before, that, that Jeff bass line in Porch, again, like something that he consistently does, sounding like Working Man, I, I wonder if, if they were thinking in that manner, like, because it's very distinct, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if this, this does it count as a, as, a, as a tag or not. Like, this is very interesting to di- dissect here. And John, I'm sorry we didn't add you in this conversation in the beginning because I, I don't know if you're, you're left out of the fold on this. No, I, 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 I saw a little bit of it. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, like Rush is not something that I'm that familiar with. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really have a frame of reference on that. Standing there listening to him play, I was like, what the hell? That's, that's work. You know? Uh, my son, uh, my oldest son came over and when I was listening to it this afternoon and he walked into the basement when it was on, he goes, that's working. <laughs> I'm like, that's it, dude. And, that's it. and see, when when you said that, I was expecting kind of like the doom, 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 doom. I was expe- I wasn't expecting the solo part, which makes so much sense because listening to it more and more, and I have a good relationship with the song. I have a great story about it. Um, listening to it more and more, I'm like, whoa, that's kind of very Black Sabbath like, right? And it. It makes sense because how many times has Mike tagged like War Pigs in a live or in Porch or something like that? So it it kind of makes sense for this. And I don't know if Jeff's baseline was stuck in his head and he just thought it was a cool place to put it, hmm. or or what. But there it was at two two twenty two. Move on to Yellow Lead Better here. National anthem. Star Spangled Banner closes you out. Feels real good. Uh, Ed thanks the crew, the 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 stadium crew for for staying up this late and uh, making it feel like home. And and that's a 33 song, three hour set. It's a good one. Really enjoyed this. Let's uh let's pick some moments here. David, go first. Pick your top three moments from this show. I know there. I I know what what you're gonna pick, but but go through them again. Well, we'll go with Nothing Man is number one. Of course. You know? That whole that whole crying spout that whole that whole thing. If you weren't gonna put it number one after that, I was um, concerned to your father fathership over there. I'll go with um, the Keith Richards story. Solid, as I say, you know, Sarah and I still say this, say the tags and 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 Better Man, just because of the feeling I had when he when he smashed his guitar not that it was a great performance it was just that it was seeing it there was something going on there <laughs> and he had he had some aggression to let out and that and that's what he did <laughs> so besides that a solid show solid show man that's that still ranks that's that not only because i was there if i had not been there i'd still think it was one of my top five shows of my bootleg catalog. Well, we'll, we'll get into a ranking in just a second. Let's, let's, uh, let's get John, let's get John's, uh, three here. I'll do, I'll do my three and then we'll get into a little ranking. Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I, I gotta agree. I'm going to say nothing man is, is in the top three. That's a fantastic version. Um, I'll go a uh, love boat captain. Gotta be, gotta be in there. Great, great moment. And then mine is just all, you know, you, kind of mentioned the the Keith Richards the stories from this are like we said at the beginning you know one of the best parts of this is just hearing Ed's storytelling and all the all the great stories he tells about from you know Bogarts to kind of about voices and the P. Rose and all that stuff like just that that really really you know elevated this show for me you know and I was and I was thinking like you know this was 
kind of a ho-hum kind of a show but like you know after we talked about it and you know getting getting a lot of the the reactions and hearing some of the stories yeah this is i agree this is uh this was great great way to kick off this uh little 2014 running shows I'm going to right there. I'm going to say I'm going to piggyback off that because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Just combine the storytelling aspect and say that that's one of the moments. And again, the Bogarts one that you mentioned, uh, the Keith Richards one, uh, the uh, rooming together that we uh, that we got into. Like, those are great, great stories uh, of the girl is going to be my number two. Uh, really, really dug the solo and it really dug the energy from it. And it was just great transitioning from that into minor matters. Like we said before, we said way early, we didn't really, it wasn't really a discussion point, but we got a binaural song in, we got one from every album in, we got a riot act. We got an avocado. We got two avocado, got a backspacer, like everything is here, which is really cool. Binaural definitely very early on. So showing some good representation, but number one, is love boat captain i put it on my wish list for a reason because it made me feel something and uh, when it makes you feel something uh man you want to go back and and go back to that moment when you felt it but there's nothing like feeling like that you you remember it and uh boy boy is is that great i i wish i was there to experience something like that but being in the cars is good enough i guess uh all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go first here i'm gonna go first and then we're gonna give it to john and david's gonna cap it off i'm gonna give this an eight and a half Uh, i think it's a great show um and i think it's probably one of the better ones from the 2014 tour uh, yeah, like very solid. It's one I've gone back to a couple of times, uh, has some memorable moments. I remember the Bogart story. I remember the Keith Richards story from it. So like those kind of ingrained in your memories, but you know, the one thing is I, some of it, I have to remember where was that? I remember those speeches, but I don't connect them to Cincinnati. That's probably what's keeping me from giving it a nine, uh, is that small, small connection. Usually you can say, ah, that's from that show. Maybe after this, I can probably do that. So maybe I'm kind of in between an eight and a half and a nine, but eight and a half is great. All right. That's, that's fair. I'm going to, I'm going to say kind of in the same, I'm going to go with an eight. And, you know, I originally was thinking that when I was listening to it, I was really thinking this was like a seven, seven and a half. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's the first show of the tour They're you know, they're kind of saving some of those really special moments for later. You know, you would get, this is the same tour that, that brought you Moline and, mm-hmm. and yield walkie and all that. So n- not, not a lot of really outstanding performances. You know, we talked about a few, obviously that every show has them, but I thought that some of this was a little, you know, a little ho-hum. The the waiting on a friend really doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, going back on it, I, the the stories are great. They're the band's in a great mood. Some really good stuff. So I'm I'm gonna elevate mine to an eight. I'll go with Randy and give it an eight and a half as well. I uh, agreed. The stories were just fantastic, over the top, great. Um, they were the band was in a good mood. Um, they were loose coming, you know, from a break after you know the summer part. Um, they were ready to go and dive into October and have a great tour. And um, so I'm, I'm going to give it an eight and a half as well. Yeah. I, 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 when all said and done, and and I'm sure we're going to get to every single 2014 show at some point, uh, but I've listened to most of these. I'm pretty comfortable saying that this is probably in the top five of those 14 shows. I know Denver's really good too. Denver's probably in there and it's kind of like, how do you, connect the bridge school shows and the Austin city limit shows. Like, yeah, they're 
kind of somewhere, but do they, you know, are they top five or are they just kind of in their own category? But I, I think this is a top five show from 2014. I think I'm pretty comfortable saying that. All right. So that's the show. And uh, let's let's tell you what we got going on for next week before we uh, wrap up and say goodbye here. San Francisco 1993. If that is on your mind right now, there's a reason for that, because you probably picked up the 33 and the third book about verses written by Clint Brownlee. We are going to have Clint come on the show. He wrote the verses book and that that kind of was a guide for for writing verses. He went to that show, has a great experience and story from that show that he shared in the book. We're going to talk about that, get in, in, in depth into that and, and the book, which is a fun read, enjoyable experience. But um, yeah, we're going back to the 90s, San Francisco, 1993. That was very, very, very early on, on on that Versus tour. So excited to get to that and excited to talk to Clint. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, but David, thank you for, for joining us for this one. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks, it was David. a pleasure. Randy and John, thank you all for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm honored to be here and uh, y'all keep up the great work. You're doing great. And I love listening to you guys. Sarah does as well. She said that she listened to you all this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I see. I Sometimes she, she's reacted to us on Twitter sometimes. So he was the one that turned me on to y'all. Really? Yeah. Cool. Wow. That's great. When they announced, when they announced the tour last year in, in 19, Sarah's like, dad, you got to hear these guys. And I think, Randy, you were like, holy shit, everybody. That was, we were both just cracking up. So anyway, uh, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for everything, man. Like, oh, thanks. We don't, we don't do it without people that are, are into it like you. And, and uh, we, j- we just want everybody to that enjoys this band to, to enjoy the, the good, positive things about them. So th- that's, that's all we're trying to do. We're, we're just trying to relive those memories, recast those memories, and bring back the positive vibes, especially in what's been uh, – and we're coming near the tail end of it. We're coming – I got my first vaccine. I got my first shot. David, you, you, you finished up. You're, I got my, second one, got my second one this week. Both you guys are good, yeah. I can I'm, put my arm up this far now. <laughs> uh so i'll yeah i'll be i'll be in that 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 corner soon and then you know we're we're getting into that window where we can s- kind of start talking about this and start seeing each other in person so fingers are crossed maybe it could be soon we'll hope we'll keep that we'll keep that hope alive to to keep a window open for that but that's again everything that's happened in the last year that's why we do this just to to store some happiness and bring some joy to you all so all right Thanks, everybody. Thank you, David. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. Cincinnati 2014 is in the books. San Francisco 1993 is on the horizon. And also, Bogarts. Hey, Bogarts is coming. Patreon.com slash live on four legs if you want to listen to the Bogarts 92 show. And like and subscribe on everywhere. Like uh, Apple and Spotify, wherever. Just subscribe. There's crazy people out there. There's crazy people in here. (laughs) You're damn right there are. Damn right there are.
Love, 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 love. 